we're back. We're back in business. Hello and welcome back to Starting From The Pits. I am your host, Charlotte, and we're in the winter break. It's here. So I hope everybody's okay. We can get through this hard time together. I'm struggling a little bit. I won't lie. I don't know what to do with myself. I watched Formula. No, I didn't. I watched Extreme E over the weekend, which was really, really fun. However, I'm now lost. I don't know what else to do with myself. So we've got a few things to go over this episode. I thought it'd be good to do a sort of a more of an informative educational series over the winter break. Obviously, that's how I started the podcast off. So I thought I'd go back to my roots. Um, still got some interviews with some guests coming up. So that'll be really exciting. But I thought this episode we would delve into what kind of happens during the winter break because as far as we know the cars just all go into hibernation for the winter and that's it everyone goes and parties and has fun however that is not the case as ooh, a lot of hair going on this microphone today as you'll learn throughout this episode there is a whole lot going on behind the scenes so let's just dive straight into it shall we so race weekend at Abu Dhabi or Abu Dhabs, as Ocon is now saying, which I will be saying throughout this video now. Um, post Abu Dhabs, basically, the cars stay there for a little bit. And I don't know if anybody saw, but there is basically a young driver slash rookie driver testing period throughout the week after of the last race. So the cars stay in Ab Abu Dhabs. <laughs> I can't laugh after saying that. Um, do a little bit of testing. It also this sort of it's not necessarily to give them too much information about the next year's car because at this point most of the car and the testing has been done. They work on the car, you know, for two years in advance before the car is even put on a track anywhere. So a lot of the testing for that has already been done. They will of course get some information from it, but it's mainly just to give these younger drivers and these rookie drivers more of a opportunity to be driving these cars a bit more and getting experience behind the wheels. So that's sort of the way in which that works. Over winter, now I don't know if anybody knows, but over summer there is a mandatory break. So people have to, the, the entire factory shut down over summer. Um, whereas in winter, this mandatory break is not mandatory. Basically either teams can close for the winter um, or they can stay open. As you can imagine, a lot of them do stay open because they just want to keep working at the car and make sure that the next season's car is as good as it can be, really. So there is no mandatory shutdown like there is in summer. So basically, everybody at the factory is... It's all hands on deck, really. I read, read somewhere that there was... I feel like there is something coming in about winter break being mandatory, but I don't think it was for very long. I'm going to say it was like a week or two, maybe. That's what happens back at base. Um they're all open and doing the tests on the cars as they can. In terms of the cars themselves, once they reach back to the factories that they belong to, they're basically then completely deconstructed, which I thought was really interesting because basically they are stripped down to the engines, right down to the chassis, and then these parts are used as either if it's something that worked well, they will be emulated for the season after, um, helping them build the different parts. If it is a part that isn't necessarily something that's going to help them improve, these can be sort of auctioned off or um, they can be taken as museums and hung up. Um, and I don't know if anybody's seen these, but there's little parts of F1 cars now that you can buy as like memorabilia, which is really nice. And it's like 
I don't know, Max Verstappen's 2023 F1 car kind of thing. And it's just a tiny piece of like carbon from it or something, but it looks really cool. Now, once the cars have done their testing in Abu Dhabi, they then can't be seen on the track anywhere for another two years, maybe. Well, about two year, 18 months, two years, they can't be seen being driven anywhere else. So these will then basically just go into storage somewhere, or like I said, they'll go into museums. They, they basically can't test the cars immediately because these um it's just not allowed basically the FIA don't allow it so given they give them the two-year sort of leeway um because then if young drivers want to come and drive these F1 cars and get experience behind the wheel it basically means that the technology hasn't moved on too much where it doesn't feel anything like an F1 car but it will have moved on enough for it to not replicate it exactly so it's a funny one because they still get to drive something that resembles the cars now it's just not exactly like them. Um, so that two year period is um, something that is mandatory. As the cars get older, they will then also be used in demos such as at Goodwood Festival of Speed, you know, we saw Seb, Lando, Oscar, they were all driving um, older F1 cars. And, you know, it's something that people really enjoy to see, especially something like Max's car, for example, that is gonna be a car that goes down in history books 100%. So yeah. Um, in terms of what happens to the cars themselves, that's sort of what happens. They go into storage for a bit and then they get brought out. Young drivers get to drive them, get some experience, and then eventually they'll use, be used as demo cars or just put in a museum for life, really. Or alternatively, sometimes they can get auctioned off. Um, Lewis Hamilton's, I think it was his 2013 car, recently got auctioned off and it was basically one of the most expensive F1 cars to ever be auctioned off. I cannot remember the price of it, but it was astounding. Now, in terms of the factory, Obviously, I mentioned they don't have to go into that mandatory shutdown period. So everybody in the factory is basically working as hard as they can to get the best car possible for the year after. As I said, a lot of the work is already being done this season and the season before in terms of the work that needs to go into the car for the 24 season. And there is a certain part in, like a certain period in the 24 season where teams will basically just stop putting improvements into the 24 car and they'll start focusing completely on the 25 car. And I'm pretty sure there is a mandatory sort of, I have to use that word a lot this episode, a mandatory cutoff date where they can't start completely focusing everything on the 25 car before a certain point in the 24 season. So yeah, everybody back at base will be working as hard as they can to get these cars as perfect as possible. And one thing that was sort of brought in alongside the cost cap um, in 22, I think it was, 21, 22, is the aero tunnel time. So the wind tunnel time. As we saw McLaren open theirs this year, which they've got all to themselves now, which is great. They don't have to share it with anybody else. But the aero tunnel time is... It's a bit funny because basically the lower you place, the more time you get. And the more time you get, the more opportunities you have to test the parts that you have on the car now with this obviously you've got the cost cap i was listening to alex albon's interview on the high performance podcast the other day and he was discussing how with williams even though they are a lower down team and they're not getting as many wins and they're not as high up in the championship so they then get more time in the aero tunnel they also don't have the opportunity to be making just tons and tons of parts back on back and testing them all all day long it's a double-edged sword really because you may get more time in the wind tunnel but you might not have the budget to be able to create loads of different parts and keep testing and testing 
it's very much about precision with these lower down teams. You have to get it right first time, otherwise it's going to cost you a fortune. Whereas on the flip side with Red Bull, they will get... So I've got one minute, I've got my little graph here. So first place will get 70% aero tunnel time and 10th gets 115%. So that equates to 28 runs per week or 46 runs per week, depending on where you place. Obviously, it cascades down from first to 10th. Um, but... With Red Bull, they won't get as many runs. However, they have the opportunity to create more parts and test more parts. So it's a difficult one because you're just trying to find that balance of how many things can we test? What do we have the budget for? And do we have the time available for this? So it's it's a great way of levelling the playing field, I think. Um, obviously, it's not levelled it the way I don't think they thought it had done. I think it might have done more middle midfield, um, but when you're comparing Red Bull to say Williams and Haas, it's not really, it's not brought that gap down quite as much as I think they thought it would have done. So moving on to the drivers. As we all know, the drivers love a good party after the last race of the season. We get to see all of the wonderful videos. Yes, I'm talking about you, Toto Wolf, with that iconic video of you being crowd surfed across I don't even know what it was I think that was in Abu Dhabi post 2021 it was that was a wild season <laughs> but yeah see Toto Wolf crowd surfing at the end of the season very very drunk that was brilliant I'm, I'm pretty sure Mercedes were going around telling people to take the video down but I'm not 100% on that because I think they were but anyway the drivers we know they like to take the time to recharge the batteries they'll probably go on holiday to like I would say Monaco, but they all live there now, so maybe not Monaco, but they'll all go on holiday, they'll all go on a nice yacht, they'll spend some time with family, maybe? <laughs> they'll go partying, they'll go see the DJ friends, um, and it'll be a great time for them. But when they come back, they do have hard work to do. They're usually around, it's probably around like January time after New Year, you see them all start going into the boot camp. So we'll see the videos of Max running through Monaco. We'll get the videos of, I don't know, Pierre on the Red Bull. Um, have you ever seen him? But he's using the steering wheel. It's like really heavily um, weighted. So he's really struggling to turn it. And, you know, they'll be doing all the head exercises and the neck exercises. So all of that will kick in for them. And I guess this time is the time of the year where they sort of really crack down on getting the fitness right for the season because they haven't got the distraction of the races and the potential, you know, like injuries, um, bruises, ache, aches from potentially crashing or just having a really heavy circuit. So for them, this time of the year is sort of, it's the time to get into the peak performance, I guess. Um, so, you know, a lot of cycling will be done, getting their endurance right. And I mean, this season as well, the next season, there's 24 races this season. Um, so there's a lot that they're going to have to go through getting the sleep schedule right they'll be emulating you know being sleep deprived from all of the jet lag that they'll have um, they'll be put in different scenarios throughout this boot camp that will help them prepare for the next races across this calendar um, you know altitude work I think it's Mexico maybe where they're quite high up um, so they'll be doing you know chamber stuff they'll have the masks on the face and they'll be getting all of the acclimatization and things like that so I think for me personally this time of the year is really interesting to watch their Instagrams because it's something that I'm fascinated by the whole performance side of it as you saw with my interview with Ash 
the other day. Um, and honestly, I would love to be put through my paces in an F1 driver's boot camp kind of prep. Um, so yeah, I would, I would love to have a go at it. I had a go at, I think Michael Italiano put out a brief workout of what Daniel used to do. And in all honesty, I don't think that's what Daniel does because I sort of breezed through it. I didn't really struggle that much. Yes, I do work out quite a lot, but it wasn't something that I was struggling with. So if there are any performance coaches out there listening to this, please send me like a an official F1 drivers or like a, even a lower down drivers regime because I would love to have a go at it. There's, um, I'm pretty sure it was mentioned that there was some sort of racing driver gym at Silverstone, I think. I might be wrong, but basically it's got all you need in there. Um, it's got sims in there. It's got your bikes, your squat racks. It's got a whole gym facility there as well. Um, and I would love to just have a go in the gym with an F1 driver or just a driver in general because I feel like I fare quite well. I don't know whether that's me just not being humble whatsoever and really thinking I have much more strength than I have because I don't have much strength. I can't do a pull-up or a press-up full. But <laughs> something in my little Delulu mind is telling me that I can keep up with an F1 driver, but I'm probably going to be very wrong there. But yeah, I'd love to have a go at it. Completely diverted off the topic there. This time of the season is where I really enjoy seeing everybody's Instagrams and following the trainers as well and seeing what they're getting up to because it is just something that really fascinates me and always has done. I did my entire degree basically surrounding F1 drivers, um, even though I was told not to. A lot of the time they're just like, no, you shouldn't focus on that. There's not a lot of research around that. And I was like, I'm going to do this. Failed one assignment, but we won't we won't linger on that one. No, I didn't fail it, but I got a third, but we'll, we won't linger on that. It served me right for trying to do something different. And then obviously there's those watches. What do we do during this winter break? What are we supposed to do with ourselves? I mean, I watched Extreme Me this weekend, which was actually really enjoyable. I'm, I'm really annoyed that I, I seem to have this thing with watching races in the last race of the season. I watched the IndyCar one on the last race of the season. I watched Extreme Me on the last race of the season. I went to go and watch the Formula E on one of the last races of the season. Like. I just have this reoccurring thing where it's like I get in something and then it's gone for like three months and I'm like well what do I do now so Extreme E can highly recommend that would definitely recommend going on YouTube and watching that back because the way they throw those cars about is absolutely terrifying so I don't know if anybody saw on my Instagram recently but I went to go and test drive an Ineos Grenadier and we took that off-road in and oh my god I won't be rallying anytime soon I think my maximum was four miles an hour. Um, <laughs> it was so scary, but those cars can just take it like it's nothing. Um, so to be in those cars, rallying in the desert, jumping over God knows what, sliding around and into each other, like somebody had to change their own tire. The mechanics didn't even come out and change the tire for them. They literally were there pumping this tire up, this car up. They were pumping this car up put the tire on, screwed it on themselves, and then they were back off. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really interesting to watch. And the production behind it as well was really good. I always find with new series, it's really hard to get into because the production seems to be more aimed towards people who've been watching it for a long time, especially like IndyCar. I really struggled to get into that because the number of times where in an IndyCar season where there's a different driver, no one's consistent throughout the whole thing and even like the liveries change 
because there's too many sponsors and they can't get them all on one car across the season. So that really does throw me sometimes. But in Extreme Me, it was quite good because there's two qualifying heats and there's five in each. It eases you in because you can sort of, you can see it clearly on the screen. Um, and there's a lot of graphics that go on the screen as well that help you understand who is who and where they are and things like that. So I really appreciated that. And also the usage of drones in that as well was so cool. They had drones following the cars and flying around. So that was really cool. Um, but we are quite lucky that I feel like this winter break is going to go really quickly because we're going to have Christmas out of the way. Then we've got the Dakar rally starting in January, like the first week of January that's on. So I'll definitely be watching that. Um, that'll be really cool to watch. I've never watched it before and I've only really been introduced to it this year. Um, you know, obviously I started working at Porsche and they've got the 911 Dakar, which is sort of a homage to the 911 that won the Dakar rally. Um, and I think that is just so cool. So we've got obviously Carla Sainz Senior that is driving in the Dakar rally as well. Um, and I think it'll just be really interesting to watch something new. I am all for a new series um, and getting into something different. So I'm really excited for that. And then obviously the Formula E starts, which... This season is my season. I am getting into Formula E. I am going to be such a super fan. You don't even, you won't recognise me. So Formula E kickstarts. And then testing. We've got testing in Bahrain, which is really good. Um, obviously, it's hard to tell. I mean, there's not going to be much changes this season because unless somebody brings out an absolute flyer of a car and everyone's like, oh my God, it's the, I don't know orange red bull and mclaren have fully nailed it um you kind of have to take testing with a pinch of salt really yes you, yeah like if you see if you're going to be watching and like kevin magnuson's on p1 every testing session i wouldn't you know it's a pinch of salt like i said um i think it's it's hard because you don't really know what they're testing for on that day sometimes the teams might be going around and testing what the car is like in third gear the entire way around you just don't know what they're testing for that day. So, like I said, take it up with a pinch of salt. It'll only be when we get to that first race, we'll really know what's going on. And then, of course, we've got Drive to Survive, which I mentioned this last time, but I honestly didn't really watch that much of it last year. Um, I think after watching, I think Lando watched one of the episodes and he was like, hold on a sec, that radio message was not from that race. Where are they getting this from? When I sort of clicked that none of it was really real, Yes, it's real in the sense that it happened, but it might not have happened in the sequence that it happens on Drive to Survive. So when that, when I sort of clicked with that, it sort of took away the magic from it. It just seems like it's completely for the drama, but I am one that loves a drama show. <laughs> I love My Married at First Sight. I love my Love Island. I love, you know, what's the other one that I like? Selling Sunset. Oh, I'm such, yeah, I love Selling Sunset. So Give me the drama, I'll watch it. If I can just take it at face value of it being just a, a drama reality show, that's fine. I can take it at that. I'll do that. So yeah, we'll have Drive to Survive and I can't wait to see what Twitter says about that. <laughs> I might do like a little watch party with you guys. I might, I'm setting up a swi switch. I'm setting up a Twitch account. Um, I'm hopefully going to be doing some more live streams because... I feel like I don't do enough of those and when I do do them it's a bit off the cuff and nobody really knows what's going on so more live streams incoming um which will be really really fun and it'll be a really good way to get you guys more involved as well because like I feel like we can connect here but we can't connect as well if that makes sense I can only ask you guys a certain amount of things before I sit down and record it's only then afterwards I'll see your messages and I'm like oh I could have included that 
but um yeah maybe i'll do some you know like the first season of formula e i might do a little bit of commentating on that maybe not commentating i think that's just taking it a bit too far i'm just gonna sit here and broadcast my opinion more than anything <laughs> in other news i have a really exciting parcel for today it's literally come through the door today i've been waiting for this for like two three weeks now and it is the race weekend magazine look how big it is can we just have a moment anybody who's watching on youtube and for anybody who's just listening as a podcast i'd say it's like how big's a school ruler probably like the size of my head one minute yeah it's probably like two school rulers maybe no don't be silly bit less than two school rulers probably um it's probably like a school ruler wide um and then it opens up and they've got all these gorgeous photos from different races now it is a bit pricey for a magazine it's like 34 pounds um and considering it's just all pictures but i am such a sucker for just gorgeous aesthetic pictures and i feel like when i'm older i'm gonna have this it's gonna be on my coffee table it's gonna look stunning and people are like oh my god what's that and i'm like conversation starter so yeah really love this and it's got lewis on the front of it it just threw out it like and my dad was saying this before i thought it was quite a nice idea if i ever wanted to just rip a page out and hang it up on the wall if you want a nice picture i don't think i will do that though but cool idea like look how oh, i just love design like this like this is just right up my street for anybody not watching you're missing out on a feast for the eyes also think speaking of a feast for the eyes how did we enjoy my spotify wrapped i had a great time making that it was a little bit stressful because i basically i made it and i used the graphics from the previous year i didn't use the graphics but i tried to recreate that and i was like okay this is cool this is a vibe i'm really proud of this and then the new one came out and i was like i prefer those graphics in that one so i was a bit annoyed about that so then i just basically reused those um and i'm glad i did now because it'll way better and way more modern but also like i was annoyed that i'd announced like a date that i was going to release it because like i feel like i missed the train like i missed the bandwagon with that one and i sort of just preempted it and was just like oh it's going to be on the third and then they released it like three days early and i was like okay never mind but yeah, you don't understand the stress that I went through. The amount of times I had to add up how many laps that we did this season. And then I literally realised that we didn't even go to one of the races. And I was like, I'm going to go insane. I can't even do maths in the best of time. So that was just too much. I feel like I probably got one of them wrong. And somebody's going to DM me and go, um, excuse me, that's not right. But, you know, just don't, don't do the math. It's all right. I did it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay so that is all for this episode a nice short brief one um next episode we are gonna have a guest on and i'm really excited about having this person on it might be a little bit later because they're coming on and be interviewing them on the tuesday um so hopefully i'll be able to get it edited on the tuesday night and up on for the wednesday morning but if not it will be thursday um and yeah maybe i think i'm gonna take a little bit of a break over christmas um obviously because i do need life as well but we'll be kicking up um a fuss next year like next year is gonna be so lit um we're gonna have some great content video and audio we've got the new sponsors that was a big announcement last week and uh, thank you to everybody for so much love on the sponsorship um announcement it's just as much of a benefit for me as it is for you guys um because a it gets me to go to really cool places and b it gets me to show it lets me show you guys the really cool places that i'll be going as well so 
thank you to Nexus, obviously, for sponsoring the podcast. Um, it's just an opportunity that I didn't even see coming, to be honest. Um, I had a few people reach out and be like, how on earth did you get this sponsorship? And I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but yeah, Nexus just basically reached out and they were just like, have you ever considered a sponsorship? And I was like, well, no, but if you... <laughs> If you're willing and offering then i'll happily take it so we had got some good conversations and i guess it just shows that like i am the kind of person that whenever i start something and do it immediately i'll switch to something new in like in the next two weeks i am that person that's a jack of all trades and master of none um but this is like the one thing i have been so consistent with um and i think this next season where we're going to go into a bit of darkness um with you know having no races it's going to test me a little bit but um i'm sticking around don't worry um but the one thing i've been consistent with and actually put so much time and effort into like i feel like i've got a second full-time job at this point <laughs> um but and it's paying off so for anybody who is interested in doing something like this i've had so many people dm me being like oh i just wish i could do what you do just do it don't even hesitate. Just do it. I literally, the night I started this, I woke up the day after and I was like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? I hate talking to cameras. I hate talking to people. And here I am talking to cameras and people. So um, yeah, just stay consistent. You know, keep doing what you love. Stay true to you. I know that's such a cliche saying, but you've just got to be authentically you. I often come away from my podcast thinking, my God, I was being so fast. I've talked about stuff that people aren't even going to care about, but apparently you do, you know? I've had over 2,000 listens. I was in 32 people's number one podcast on Spotify, which just blows my mind completely. Over 200 people's top 10, like, sorry? <laughs> Who are these people? They actually care about listening to me talk and witter about Formula One for about half an hour. So yeah, that was a bit of a oh my god kind of moment and I feel like it's only going to get better so thank you all for listening to this week's episode I hope it was informative and you enjoyed it and I will see you next week